Oh, where can I see your videos? You can smile with this picture. Hare Krishna. Yee. Do you want to go live on your phone, Gurudev? I don't mind. That'd be a really good idea. Let's just go live on yours and then I copy it over to mine. Okay, we can do that too. Just figures you have a pretty good audience. Exactly, so the audience was tuning. Huh? We can do it. Because you have a different audience. We could do it. No, it's it's the same. Okay. I was just gonna say, um, like if if Govinda Madhav had access to your Facebook page, he could log in and he could go live directly from your page, just yeah, with your login. Whatever you think would be better. I mean, we could do it today. We can do it regular, but I think ongoing. Do you agree that because since we I don't think, have a page yeah. for it, it would make sense, right? Yeah, that it would be like. A, it would make sense. Page. Yeah. Yeah, I just usually uh, when people want to see. Videos. I just yeah. I send them a link to uh, yeah. Krishna Code and to um, Transcendental Media Network. To, yeah. So should we maybe live this one on the Transcendental Media Network just for now? Whatever. Yeah. Okay. I think. That's fine. That works. Do you are you admin on it? I don't think so. Okay. No worries. Wait, Chaitanya Lila, you're getting better and better on that harmonica. I know. I mean, harmonium. I'm still getting over there. You know, I'm still sick. I'm here. I'm glad to be here. You don't have to have any tea, do you? It's a lemon ginger tea? Yeah, or anything hot. I can make you some tea from a tea bag. That's okay. There's yeah. a, a lemon ginger one there. Yeah. 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 Honey yeah they've got hot water in there, don't they? Mm -hmm. They should. Yeah. Yeah. Just get okay. me a, a, as big a mug as you can find. Okay. <laughs> I think some hot water would be. Yeah. Okay. So, what did everybody think about the, the tenth the tenth chapter? It was opulent. <laughs> you know, I am very much against wife abuse. I understand it, but I'm against it. <laughs> I used to tell that to my children, my daughters. I'd say, look, I am very much against child abuse. I understand it, but I don't approve. <laughs> Dad. It's funny. So. We can go live when you're ready. Take her away. Might as well go now. I'm not going to get me prettier. Uh, this 10th chapter is such an interesting chapter as you study it. Um, there's, in the subject of studying, there's different ways and different methods. And there's not a particular way that's for anybody. Because you may use one way 
of studying now and then later on due to time constraints of where you are, time, place, circumstance, you may study a different way. So one way of studying, uh, <clears throat> this is just one way. Uh, you go through and read every translation and get the gist of where Krishna's and Arjuna's conversation is going. And then go back and read the purports along with the translations. That's kind of a nice thing to do. Sometimes you can just read the translations if you just want to put away a chapter before you go to bed. You know, like some chapter, the fifth chapter is a short chapter. I think there's like 29 verses. There's some that are shorter. And if you just think, you know, I've got a few minutes and I just want to uh, take rest with something like this in my mind. So... That's one way. And uh, another way is to just, uh, like, you know, once in a while I, I get the privilege to spend some time <clears throat> in uh, Govardhan, in our uh, palace in Govardhan. Our temple in Govardhan uh, used to be the, the king's palace. The king of Govardhan lived there. And it's ancient. It's, I'll take you all there someday. It's ancient, gorgeous, completely refurbished. And uh, the atmosphere there is, uh, it's, it's a monastery. During the uh, night, it's just uh, single men, you know. During the daytime, women come and visit. And, but at night, uh, all the ladies leave. No ladies live there. It's just the monks. And so it has a quiet uh, atmosphere. So and if I plan plenty of time when I go there, I can study in a, one of my favorite ways, and that's to you take take the verse and start out with the Sanskrit, and then you go through and meditate on each of the uh, the uh, of the Sanskrit words, the translation, each one, and think about it, and then you uh, match that with the translation you know, mm. so you've got the word for word and then you and you slowly get into it mm. and um, and then you can kind of go through the purport and maybe through through if it's a long purport go back to the translation every so often and just take and just digest so I just throw that out there that's a fun way it's a very fun way to uh, to study Bhagavad Gita or Srimad Bhagavatam. So, uh, I wrote down some verses that I thought we should talk about, but we're not limited to justice. So, uh, before we get going, what's somebody want to offer or all of you want to, what is your impression? What is your take on what's going on here? Where is Krishna and Arjuna's conversation? Where's this where has it come to? Um, well, Krishna is speaking to Arjuna and he's giving us just like a little glimpse of his, all of his offerings and then it's eventually going to transition into him revealing his whole universal form. Yeah, he's getting familiar. Mm -hmm. He's getting personal, you see. Um, this is a, uh, it's not only beneficial for us to 
uh, study what's being said, but uh, the whole process of what's going on between these two, you see. Yeah. So Krishna uh, is revealing. He he can't keep he can't hold back. Mm. He's so eager. You see, it's this is not just Arjuna that this Bhagavad Gita is uh, aimed at. If it was, they would have had a private conversation. Krishna would have told all those people, can you give us a moment? Mm. You see, Krishna could have seen that they had a private conversation, but this, this was so far from private. There were armies. Uh, there was a, a, a people that weren't even there were listening. This was huge. This was history. The whole world it kind of stood still because the war was about to start. And here Arjuna uh, is taking Krishna between the battles and Krishna is saying, hey, let's, let's have this conversation. So it was, why did Krishna choose this particular time to do this? You see, it's not a private conversation. It's for you and all of us, all living entities for all time. It doesn't fit into any particular um, culture, any particular time, you know? Mm -hmm. so, uh, so Krishna is, is really eagerly trying to reveal himself, you see. He's using this conversation with Arjun as the, the, the via medium, the vehicle to do it. But he's trying to touch you, you see. Krishna is, uh, Krishna likes himself too, you know. We're not the only ones that like Krishna. That, I mean, how could he not be impressed? You know, if you have someone in uh, mundane life and they're impressed with themselves, that's not very attractive, is it? Because we know they have weaknesses and we see, oh, you think you're this and that. But Krishna, you know, when he is attracted, look, he's talking about his opulences. You get into the, uh, from the middle on towards the end of the chapter, he's kind of throwing it down, isn't he? Mm -hmm. he's, you could, if it was anybody else, you could call it, he's being boisterous. But he can back all this up, you see? Mm -hmm. So, uh, Arjuna is, is, is loving to hear. In the second verse, it's, it's, kind of, it's all kind of uh, explained. But he's loving every minute of it, you see, like all devotees. You love every minute of it, hearing about Krishna. When Krishna says, I am this, I am that, we don't think, oh, yeah, you're all, you know, you're all, all, all up inside yourself. We think... Yes, you are. Tell me more. I want to hear more. You know, I, I enjoy hearing you talk about yourself. I enjoy hearing your devotees talk about you. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that guy. Thank you, Tulevan. That was very kind of you. I've been dragging my feet while you were gone, so they... <laughs> so, uh... <coughs> I 
Krishna kicks it off. Sri Bhagavan Vachabhuya Eva Mahabaho. Anybody know what Mahabaho is? Maha is great. And Baho. Arms. He's talking to Arjuna. Oh, greatly armed. Greatly armed. Yeah, that you're, you're a soldier. Uh, yeah, Let's see the exact definition. Mm. Oh, oh, mighty armed. Krishna says, greatly or mighty armed. Oh, mighty armed Arjuna. Trinu me paramang vacha yateham priyama manaha manaya yateham priyamanaya vakshami hitakamaya. Krishna is saying, Listen again, O mighty armed Arjuna, because you are my dear friend, for your benefit, I am. I shall speak to you further, giving you knowledge that is better than what I've already explained. Wow, it's, he's opening his heart up, you know. He's like, hey, you know, because, because we're so close, because it's you. <laughs> he's flattering, right? You see how he's flattering his beloved Arjuna? Almighty armed Arjuna, because you're my friend, you know, I will tell you uh, more, which is even more important than what I've told you before. So this is uh, Krishna's move. You can see he's moving to, let's get closer. Let's get closer. You see, putting you at ease. You're my dear friend. You know, so in other words, he, by him flattering Arjuna, he's not expecting Arjuna to growl, grovel, you know. Oh, God. Oh, mighty armed friend of mine. You see? You see Krishna's mood? Let's get loving close. This is an, his mood is that of uh, uh, wanting to embrace. Oh, I skipped skip the three. I thought it was two, but it's three. So let me know if I'm going too slowly, okay? Mm -hmm. We have to wrap it up by 5.30, don't we? No, six. <coughs> huh? Six. Okay. Yeah. I got to go to six. They're going to have to pay me extra. <laughs> uh, in the third uh, verse, Krishna says, Yo mam ajam anant. Anadim cha. What does anadim mean? Hmm? No beginning? No beginning. Anadim. Uh, aham or ajam. Ajam means unborn. So Krishna's he's repeating himself. In other words, he's when somebody does this, they're trying to make a point. You know, I don't want you to have any doubts about what I'm saying here. Vetiloka Maheshwaram Asamudhasa Marteshu Sarva Paphahi Pramuchate. Krishna says, He who knows me as the unborn, as the beginningless, as the supreme Lord of all worlds, he only, undiluted amongst men, is free from sins. You see? Uh, he who knows me as the unborn, and as the beginningless, 
That sounds redundant, but he wants you to know. You see, if you know me as this, then you are free from sins. So, not that we get puffed up, but you can see the position of the devotee of Krishna. You see, you may think, and a lot of times I'm sure as you read Bhagavad Gita and Krishna is making these statements like that, you think, well, I believe it. I don't have any doubts, you see. So, so you're included in this. You're included in these people. Uh, he knows me as the unborn, as beginningless, supreme Lord of all, of all worlds. You know, Sarva Loka Maheshwar. I am the Maha Eshwar, the supreme controller of all the planets. And if you know me as that, he repeats this in the 29th verse of the fifth chapter, Sarva Loka Maheshwar. Not in those exact words, but he says that, say, uh, Lord of the worlds. Now, we, as devotees of Krishna, we think, wow, that's not asking so much. Krishna is asking me to see him as beginningless, unborn, and the Lord of all the worlds. Well, heck, I can do that, you see. So you can see uh, you are able to hear and to understand Bhagavad Gita. Now, if you wanted to debate that, then you may not be uh, eligible to go much further until you get to that point to where you say, yes, I believe that Krishna is. If you think Krishna was just some historical figure and maybe he had some power, you know, uh, he was able to get a lot of votes. You know, he had some fame. And so I'm, I don't know if, yet, if I go so far as to say the Lord of all worlds, you see. So if you're there, then come to Krishna Cove and we'll work on you. You see, we'll, we'll feed you. We'll give you more and more. When you get to the point where you say, oh, hey, I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm beyond that. I, I know Krishna is the Lord of all worlds. Without a beginning. Up, then you're ready. Uh, and Krishna says that uh, undiluted amongst men that you're free from sins. And of course you're free from sins. Why are you not, how could you not be free from sins? Did anyone here go to Tulsi Puja this morning? Yes. Did you water Tulsi? You're free from sins. If you drop one drop of water onto a Tulsi plant, that eradicates all of your sins, including if you'd killed a Brahmin. Even if you had just killed a Brahmin. This is potent stuff, isn't it? Chanting Hare Krishna. You're free from sins. You see? You can see how Prabhupada has built this morning program, this process of intensely daily purifying you, wiping away your karma, bombarding your consciousness with uh, Krishna consciousness, pushing out Maya consciousness, you see. This is uh, potent. So problem is we may uh, re-sin. We get clean and we may, maybe we won't, but we might because we're not 
fully there yet. You see what I mean? So we're in that, that area of we become totally cleansed and sometimes we pick up a little contaminated and then we become uh, totally cleansed and we're in that. And in time, you will elevate to the point to where you don't fall back in. See what I mean? So, any questions yet? <coughs> Comments? Yeah. Every one time on this analogy, you were saying, you know, this is the same thing basically that when we're circumambulating Tulsi Devi and water in Tulsi Devi, that we're becoming purified. He says, you know, of course, we don't purposely go out and sin and then think that, you know, Tulsi Devi will purify us because that's offensive. But at the same time, like we realize that we do make mistakes and there are simple activities happening. Like you were saying, that just that mercy that Tulsi Maharaj is so merciful. Yeah. We can become, we can once again be like engage in devotional service through that blessing. See, you can, you can see uh, Tulsi Maharani, she is your advocate too. She's here. Every morning she shows up. She doesn't get too sleepy to come. Or She's there every day. She's ready. Okay. I'll cleanse you again. I'm ready. I'm here for you. Gornitai always show up. Anamata shows up. You know, Sita Ram Lakshmanaman, they show up. Gordon Shingadevi shows up. They're all ready. We're ready for you. We're going to do our thing. You know, we're gonna do it for you. It's like once you, t it's like what he's saying. Like once you begin to take advantage of that mercy, though, it becomes passive. Yeah. Like you try to like use it as take. Like, yeah, we don't want to take advantage of it. <clears throat> Prabhupada wanted to give us mercy, mm -hmm. but he didn't want us to take advantage. Mm -hmm. So that whole you can see how the morning program is is mm -hmm. built. Uh, come together. We're all here. And there was some debate in the, in the early days of uh, what prayer should be chanted at Mongol Arti. And it was decided that uh, the Guruvastakam prayer, it's your prayer, start the day off with your prayer to your guru. Is it a prayer to Prabhupada? It is a prayer to your guru. Sri Guru Charana Padpur. Oh, no. Then later on, during Prabhupada's Vyasa or Guru Puja, that prayer, although that prayer could and should be sung to your guru, at that moment is sung to Prabhupada. That's mm. Prabhupada's uh, Guru Puja. You start the day off praying to your guru, praising the guru. See? In some temples in Europe, they have a, a, a Guru Puja for the, all the gurus. Like if there's many different gurus represented by their disciples, then they will go someplace in the temple and they'll have a guru puja for all of their gurus at the same time, you see. But in the temple room in this time, that um, guru puja is for Shiva Prabhupada. Mm -hmm. And it always will be. That will, uh, and depending on all of you, keep it that way and all of your disciples to keep it that way, you see. Mm -hmm. But if your disciples want to have a Guru Puja for you, that's okay, let them do that. They can go somewhere and have, mm -hmm. you know, that's okay.
<clears throat> so, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, my, my vision's not as good, so I'm gonna just try to read the, uh, um, the English, except there's some of these that are, they're so attractive that I want to, uh, I do want to read the Sanskrit because it's so sweet. Have any of you tried that method I was talking about of where you read the, the Sanskrit? And then the, you should. In the beginning, we have a tendency to get to uh, avoid that because I don't know that language. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know what it. So I can read the English, so I'll go to the English. Well, then I'll pick up the Sanskrit. And then sometimes you sit down and you try to memorize, uh, and that's okay too. But if you can, when you get a chance, you know, get into the Sanskrit. It's so beautiful, you see. Um, why? Because these are the exact syllables that Krishna spoke. That, that's a, an additional perk to kind of live with the Sanskrit mm. once in a while. Uh, most of the time we think, well, I don't know if I have time to do that. I just want to do, you know, get to the English. And that's okay. But once in a while, it's good to be good to yourself. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I always, um, when I read, I always read the word for word as well. And the word for word, And, yeah. and I've noticed that um, you learn, you actually, over time, you'll, you'll learn a lot of Sanskrit just by reading Prabhupada's books. Just like by reading the word for word, too. You yeah. pick the, you then you'll see a word, like you'll be in Bhagavatam class. You'll see a word. Oh, I know what that is. Maha mm -hmm. That's mighty armed. Somebody with uh, great weapons. You know, whatever. You know, and you start to pick it up. I think I'm going to do this one though. <clears throat> Maybe we should go around the room. You want to? You want to? Uh, yeah. Text four and five. Okay. You pass this to. <coughs> we skipped text two, right? <coughs> we did. There's, I'm not going to go through all. All of them. I don't think we have time. But if there's a, if there's a verse that I skip over, you want to talk about, we'll do it. Since I'm married, Mohini, she tunes into the SoundCloud. Is it okay if we pass it? Like for instance, like you're speaking by Gita and you pass it back to Gurudev. He's making a comment. Just so we like we're speaking. You can do whatever you like. Just so we're speaking into the mic so she can hear it. Yeah. 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 You do whatever you like. Okay, so text one five. Yeah. Okay. Budir gyanam asamoha. Should we repeat? If we like. Budir gyanam asamoha. Shama satyam dama samaha. Shama satyam dama samaha. Sukam dukam bavo bavo. Sukam dukam bavo bavo. Bayam chabayam evacha. Bayam chabayam evacha. Ahimsa samata tushtis. Ahimsa samata tushtis. Tapo danam yasho yashaha. Tapo danam yasho yashaha. Babanti bava bhutanam. Mataiva pritag vidaha. Mataiva pritag vidaha. Excellent. Excellent. You get the pronunciation. Very nice. Uh, Budhir gyanam. This Budhir gyanam. 
intelligence. Buddhi is intelligence. Uh, jnanam knowledge. So in, again, this intelligent knowledge. Knowledge that's intelligent, Krishna's talking about. Uh, does anybody know what that word uh, sama means? K-S-A-M-A. Sama. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Yeah. I have a uh, a god sister named Shema, Mother Shema. We used to tease her. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what we used to do. We were terrible. God, we were horrible. We needed a spanking. Uh, sukam dukam. Who knows what that means? Sukam dukam. Happiness and distress. I like that. I like how that flows. Isn't it? Isn't it? Sukum. Yes. I wish you sukum dukum. Oh, thank you very much. Hey, wait a minute. I like that. That's really cool. Ahimsa. Everyone knows what ahimsa means. Just don't let people around you get away with pronouncing it ahimsa. 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 And that dot over the M means you say it through your nose. Ahimsa. There you go. So, uh, Krishna is saying here, intelligence, knowledge, freedom from doubt and delusion, forgiveness, truthfulness, control of the senses, control of the mind, happiness and distress, birth, death, fear, fearlessness, non-violence, equanimity, satisfaction, austerity, charity, fame, and infamy. All these various qualities of living beings are created by me alone. Wow. Why does Krishna create infamy? This is what he says. Infamy means having a bad reputation. People think of you as a jerk or evil or, you know, not um, not a good doer. I'm going to move this over here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put. You know, I'm going to try to put the, the Bhagavatam verses up there too. I'm working on it though. Oh, okay. right, yeah. So, think about it. Now you hear the goodies in here. These are some of these things are good things, you know. So, but why does Krishna send us things like empathy? Why? Contrast. Yeah, it's this world is like that. It's like duality. It's yeah, a world of duality. You've come to this world. You got to have opposites. Mm -hmm. What are the opposites in the spiritual world? Are there any? No. I don't think there is. No. Well, there could be sweet and salty preparations we mm -hmm. offer to te to Krishna. You know, but is there good and bad? No. No. Well, this world is so different. It's upside down. It's a perverted, backward reflection. So we got to have uh, something. Something has to be present here that's not present in Goloka, you see. Otherwise, why would you leave Goloka? You're wanting to change. You want to get away from Krishna. You want to leave Goloka, so you come here. So you see what I mean? You want something different. You're striving for it. <clears throat> so, uh, birth and death. Well, there is no birth for you. No, there's no death for you. 
But this concept of birth and death and bodies being born and bodies dying, that comes from Krishna. That's the nature of this world. The nature of this world is sukha dukkha, happiness and distress, mm -hmm. birth and death, Super. fame and infamy. You see? So these things are, are coming from him like that so that you can have <clears throat> your material experience. Does that make any sense? Yeah. See, it's, it's fun, isn't it? Yeah. Sukha dukkha. Sukha dukkha to you too. Uh, yeah, stop it. Stop me at any time with questions. All right, then I went to verse 7. If anyone wants to go to 6, speak now forever, hold your tongue. Verse 7. Can I skip 6, you said? Yeah. Who wants to do the Sanskrit? I'll try it. <coughs> you said 7? Uh-huh. Itam vibhutim yogam cha. Itam vibhutim yogam cha. yogena. pena yogena. So, uh, Krishna says, one who is factually convinced of this opulence, opulence and mystic power of mine engages in unalloyed devotional service. Of this, there is no doubt. Mm -hmm. If you can understand me as I am, why would you not engage in offering service to me? If, you, if you're not ready to give your service, to give your life in service to this marvelously wonderful, beautiful, kind, loving creature, Krishna, that you just haven't understood. You have to go back to Krishna Cove, like I said, and we'll pound <laughs> on you a little bit more. Until you can get to the point where you say, ah, oh, you have one of those aha moments. Ah, mm -hmm. oh, <laughs> I realize it now. There I see it. So, yeah, now I want, now that I have some concept of this um, person, not the universe, not energy, you see, not void, not Brahmjoti, not any of this person uh, and how he's it's constant with Krishna it's what constant outreach hmm. you know this Bhagavad Gita is a work of outreach he's reaching out to get us you see so once we get to that point where we get some realization of this person well, how would we not want to say, oh, I want to do some service to you. You're, you are really wonderful, you see. And, I, and do we have to uh, see him, his, his form, other than the deity? Do we have to go so far as to see Krishna and touch? Do we have to go that far before we can have this realization that he is 
so wonderful? No. He's beyond your senses. You don't have to depend on your senses to deliver you to the to this moment. What Krishna is saying here. One who is factually convinced. Factually convinced. Of this opulence and mystic uh, power of mine. Engages in unalloyed devotional service. Of this there is no doubt. You know. Like you know. What kind of a moron wouldn't. Want to serve me. You know. So. Um, yeah. Uh, I know Prabhupada and then and and then this this translation is unalloyed, and that that stands out to me because when something's, I just looked up because I just to remind myself. But you know, to have alloyed means that like a like different metals combined yeah. into one to make one metal, but unalloyed is just it's pure without anything added to it. Right. Like any other, it's just it's just. It's the straight and narrow. Yeah. It, it, it's the nature of, of a, a loving relationship. Yeah. It's you and nobody else. Yeah. You see, that's what lovers do. It's We're exclusive. Prabhupada, when he was sailing into Boston Harbor, when he was first coming into America, he saw this billboard, you know, this advertisement. Some metal company, I forget the name of the metal company, was talking about, unalloyed strength of their steel hmm. in Prabhupada. Of course, this is the nature of a devotee. He sees everything. He sees Krishna and everything. This guy's talking about his steel product and Prabhupada said, yes, unalloyed. <laughs> <laughs> unalloyed. So then he puts it in his books and he started to talk it. Hmm. He didn't use that until then. You hmm. see, unalloyed. Yes. Prabhupada said, yeah, that so even, even a steel commercial reminds Prabhupada of Krishna and his love and his relationship with Krishna, mm -hmm. unalloyed. So you can see from that uh, mm -hmm. why we're always kind of pushing people uh, as much as we can. Don't dabble with all these different philosophies. You know, that's not fair to yourself. Pick one. Even if it's not us, if it's Buddha that you lean toward, go there, perfect it. Be unalloyed in your love and devotion to someone. Learn how to do that, you see. We have forgotten how to do that as living entities. We left Krishna. We became alloyed with other other things, you see. So, steadfastness in your determination will make you unalloyed. What do you think about Christianity? I'm sure it works fine for many, many people. But I'm after those lotus feet. I read the Bible, it doesn't say anything about Krishna's lotus feet, and I want those lotus feet. You see, I want this guy. I want this guy. He's reaching out to me. I'm going to let him catch me. You see. Not that. I mean, you can see how this whole, these last few verses are backing up what Krishna says. What we're talking about here. Being unalloyed. <coughs> Once you're convinced of 
who I am, then you'll submit to devotional service to me <coughs> so that I can reciprocate. We can have this loving reciprocation. <coughs> Up until now, until we start to perform loving devotional service to Krishna, it's just him serving us. We're not serving him back. How's he serving us? He's given us this stupid world to come and get away from him. You know, he's fulfilling all of our nonsense material desires, birth after birth after birth. You know, he, he's giving and giving and giving and giving. But to speak of our very energy that we are comes from him, the source of everything, you know. So is that not service? He's mm. constant. He never stops his service. He keeps up his end of the, of the relationship. Always. He never lets you down. As a matter of fact, he keeps ramping it up. You know? Hmm. He doesn't let the relationship get stagnant. Are you having fun so far? Yeah. Wait till you see the next moment. <laughs> let's go. You know, let's explore the depths of love. And you're never going to get all of it. It's ever-increasing. You just wait. That's why I always tell people when they become devotees, uh, buckle your seatbelt. You're in for a heck of a ride. You know, this is going to be the ride of a lifetime. As you get to that point to where you can accept <clears throat> what Krishna is saying, uh, and you can start to perform loving devotional service to Krishna, uh, then... Uh, now you've completed the circle. This relationship now will reciprocate. Reciprocation means there's this, like a circular, uh, continuous love. Continuum, yeah. It's continuous love. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and all right, number eight starts out with a hum. Who knows what that means? Hi. Huh? I cheated. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who wants to do number eight? <clears throat> On the wall right there. That's in there. Aham Sarvasha Prabhavo. Mataha Sarvam Prabhavartate. Iti matwa bajante mam buddha bhavha samandita aham Krishna says I sarvasha of all prabhava sources of generation wow where's he going with that see when you read a little bit of the word for word you went now okay now How's he going to put all this? These are great words, and how's he going to fit this together? Krishna says, I'm the source of all spiritual and material worlds. Everything emanates from me. The wise who, per, who perfectly know this engage in my devotional service and worship, worship me with their hearts. I'm the source of all spiritual and material worlds. If you can't alloy directly with Krishna, and let's say you want to follow another path, 
Krishna says that spiritual world that you're going for emanates from me. I want to go to the Brahma Jyoti. That comes from me. I want to go to Nirvana. That comes from me. Well, I want to go here. Okay, that's from me too. You see? All spiritual and material worlds ultimately are coming from me. So, uh, you can see how this is the most confidential knowledge. We take this for granted. Uh, you, you have a world of so many uh, religions, and they're kind of arguing a little bit, you know. We're the only ones, or <laughs> we're right and you're wrong. And so, uh, in comes Krishna and says, well, all that comes from me. So, there's knowledge, there's spiritual knowledge in this uh, material world. And all of it will elevate you, you see. But because Krishna really, really favors you, he tells Arjuna, because you're my dear friend, you see, because I'm showing my affection to you, because you've come to me, you'll hear this Bhagavad Gita. I want you to know that all of all that's going on out there, I'm the source of all of it, whether it be material or spiritual. That's coming from me. That's confidential. Well, it's not. We don't have to keep it secret. It's not that Krishna says, you know, I'm trusting you with this. Don't tell anybody. But I want you to know this all comes from me. Well, that's pretty confidential knowledge. Now, someone, <clears throat> someone else um, may say, well, that's what, that's what any religion would say because they all think that they're the, the only one. We're not saying we're the only one. We're saying, Krishna is saying that God is the, is the source of everything. So if you want to say uh, if to a Christian, all right, you're God, Jesus is Father, he's the source of all spiritual and material worlds. That father of Jesus is Krishna. We're not saying that your your whole thing is rubbish. We're not saying that. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to help you understand. Right. There are other spiritual. It's not like you're the only one and nobody else has any inkling of any truth. No. But that guy that's the father, the guy you call God, well, it, it all comes from him. The stuff exists, it comes from him. Like fame and infamy, you know, sukum dukum. Uh, this all comes from him. Did you know that? You see? So this, and I've seen it happen, this can make you a better Christian, can make you a better Jew, if you can understand this most confidential knowledge. You see? Um, and then I circled number nine. Oh, yeah. Machitaha Madgata Prana. This Machitaha. Important. Uh, their minds fully engaged in me. Machitaha. Those who have their minds fully engaged in me. That doesn't mean just on Sunday or three times a week, but um, fully engaged. Like I said, Prabhupada sees unalloyed. Yes, that's how we are with we should be with Krishna. His mind is fully engaged. 
you see. Vachchitaha Madgata Prana Bodhyayanta Paras Param Kathayantas Cha Mamityam Tushanti Cha Ramanti Cha Tushanti. Does anyone know? Ever heard that Tushti? Tushanti becomes pleased. Krishna says, the thoughts of my pure devotees dwell in me. Their lives are totally devoted uh, to my service, and they derive great satisfaction and bliss from always enlightening one another and conversing about me. You see? That's what we're doing. It gives us pleasure, doesn't it? So you're in this crowd that Krishna's talking about. You were there. You were in that group of uh, sinless devotees. It's okay for you to think of yourself as fallen. But at least work toward, to the point where you're not fallen. Of course we're fallen. Why am I not fallen? Uh, I don't think of Krishna 100% of every thought I have. You know? Um, you can see. You can analyze yourself. That's a, Am I fallen? Don't use I'm so fallen as a reason not to advance. Take up more service, more preaching. You see? But I'm so fallen. All right, cut Let's work on it. Let's see if we can help you become unfallen. Stop being fallen. Me and Radha Sundari, we were speaking about something, and Radha Sundari brought up a really good point. That, um, a lot of times when, when the devotee might say something like that to kind of justify the reason why they haven't, let's say, taken initiation or taken that next step, we see it, and, and maybe you can either give us, you know, shed some light on this, we see it as actually being like, it's like saying, like, I don't really need you. Like, we see it as, because for a lot of people, like, taking initiation or, you know, undergoing that process, some people might think, oh, you know, this person thinks themselves highly, or, you know. We see it the other way, where someone who doesn't take initiation, for whatever reason, we feel like that's more... I think that's, that's you, me. I think that's you, Guru. Dave. We see it as just kind of... Kind of egotistical in a way, you know what I mean? Like, even if they use that reasoning, the reasoning of I'm so fallen, I'm not worthy, I'm inadequate, yeah, but they don't take that next step. We see it as no guru, you know, gurus or Krishna is giving it, us this lifeline, we yeah. need this, it's, we, we need a grab hold. It's ego, but if you drill down further, yeah. that's just the, the, the surface. It's manifesting as an ego thing. Mm. But if you drill down, it's fear. Mm. It's mm. fear-based. I don't know if I can be like Govinda Madhava or, or Tul Govinda. I don't know if I could put on shoes that big. Rana Sundari. I couldn't be like them. Mm. So it has to manifest as ego. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a um, veneer. I wear the veneer. Mm -hmm. So uh, as you chant Hare Krishna, you will 
And, as you, and if you're a preacher, in time you will learn to deal uh, with souls, soul to soul. And so you learn to peel, it's like peeling an onion, peel off those layers. Someone may say something, but you can see you're just afraid. Hmm. You're afraid to do it, aren't you? You don't think you can do it. Or, uh, I don't want to. Mm. I'm very attached mm. to my, you name it, yeah. sex, drugs, rock and roll, whatever. I have a great attachment. I can't say that because that's admitting that you're stronger than me. You see what I mean? I don't want to admit that you're stronger than me. God, look at you. You're such a fabulous devotee. And I don't want to admit Admit that. That's not material consciousness. Material consciousness is for me to be equal to or better than anybody. At least as good as. So I have to put on my veneer of ego. Well, I don't think I particularly need that. And what, let's translate that. I could never be you. You are years, lifetimes ahead of me. Yeah. I was just thinking that Krishna was saying um, earlier that um, that he gives a particular type of faith based on the living entity's desire. So, like that attachment you're talking about, because of that um, deep like a deeper attachment than you can even see to the material energy in different varieties, and Krishna is also not giving them faith, so they might not have they might not have faith in the process, like. Have faith in Krishna consciousness. He's giving them the faith that they want, and that's faith in the material energy. I, I, I have faith that I can get ample gratification from uh, marijuana, alcohol, money, sex. I have faith that I can get. Haven't It hasn't really hit home yet, but I have faith that I can't. Now, where does that faith come from? Krishna. It comes from Krishna. I want to have. Krishna says, okay, here's your faith. This flies in the face of everything that I was ever taught growing mm. up in Christianity, by the way. It's just so, yeah, it's it so does. Like, wow. You want to have. It's bizarre. You want to have. Uh, you want to be um, uh, an atheist? Krishna says, okay, here's your faith. Makes and it makes a lot more yeah. sense. Obviously, it's just, it's just like, unless there's like an entity that's like more powerful than God, which is yeah, yeah. So uh, my point with what I was saying before, <clears throat> always remember that what's being said is not being said. I mean, what I used to know how to say this. <laughs> It's close. What's spoken isn't all that there is that they're trying to say. Mm -hmm. They're saying something else. Mm. With compassion, you can look into their heart. Yeah. Uh, if we're materialists, we'll compete. Oh, yeah, well, I say that. You see what I mean? Yeah. So we're both in Maya. We're both on the superficial. I thought about something how we, we obviously know that this is a, a world of duality. That so many people attribute that duality to the to the spiritual world too. Yeah, and it's very common in religious circles that duality exists <coughs> even in the spiritual world. Exactly. If you think about it, so it's 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 they, bizarre. They want to assign 
the laws of the material world to right. the spiritual world. Because right. that means, uh, well, everything must have a beginning and everything must have an end. Mm. So that's true there too. Right. You know, this, this reminds me of when um, I approached a tool before I got initiated. And I, I came to him, I told him that I want you, I would like to aspire to be your disciple. And then we had a conversation where I was like, I don't think I'm ready at all. And he kept on, I was like, I, I don't think I'm ready. I think I should wait for initiation. I think I should wait longer. I don't think I'm ready. And he kept on saying like, I think he kept on saying that I'm ready. You should just do it. You should just do it. There's, you shouldn't wait. You shouldn't wait any longer. This is your opportunity that you have. And he was like, you should just get initiated with Radhasundri and Govinda. And I've only been, you know what I mean? I've only been around for not not so long. <laughs> but he kept on telling me, like, you, you should just go for it. Just do go it. Go for it. And I kept on, I was, like, really hesitant because I was thinking in you know, the back of my mind, I was like, I don't think I could do this. But I was so, like, like you're saying, like, it's fear, like, base, where, like, I felt so afraid of just giving up everything, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. But... At the same time, I had like, I felt convict, like I felt like completely, I know that Krishna, I know that Krishna was the only one, you know, that I, the only, the only real happiness in this world of, you know. No, that was, and that's proper. You handle that properly, yeah. you know. That's, and then, and then I just. Who I are you to say, mm -hmm. what if you said, I am qualified? Mm. Hmm. What if you said that? He would say you're not qualified already. to decide whether you're qualified or unqualified. Yeah. You see what I mean? You're not yeah. qualified. Who's qualified to say, yes, I'm qualified for initiation. By the same token, who's qualified to say, I'm not qualified. Hmm. You go to the guru. Let him, let him make that decision. He hmm. may. Let him decide if you're qualified. I just felt like I knew. I felt like... I needed it. Like I was like, mm. like that. That was my my mm. my my attitude towards it was like I can't be without this. I, I need it. I want like, it, and I'm gonna yeah, get like, it. I, I need this. Like you may you may turn me away, but I'll come back. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like Maharaj was saying: if someone has their hand up to help you, like, like yeah, you're, in a, you're in a well and you're <laughs> yeah, yeah. like I'm drowning. Yeah. I, I need this. I'm drowning <laughs> in this world. I need it. Like. I need to get out of here. See, yeah. but that's transcending the ego of mm -hmm. what am I saying if I say I need help? Mm -hmm. What does that say to the world? Will they see me as weak? Am I admitting, you see what I mean? Right. As long as my ego, my false ego is there, that's a stumbling block. Mm -hmm. What will people say to me? So therefore I have to put on this, well, I don't particularly think I need it. Mm -hmm. So it's a covering, you know. Most of the things, many things that people say when they're in that stage of contemplating if Krishna is God, if there is a God, is this as good if not better than Buddhism and Christianity or whatever, you know, a lot of what they say is, is just uh, a veneer. Just like a lot of what people think they feel is super, they don't know what they feel. I, I know what I think I should feel. So that's how I feel. They don't really know. 
They're not in touch with their feelings. They don't know who they are. They don't know how they should feel as a soul. But I know how I should feel as a Republican or a Democrat or as an American or as a, a Russian or, you see, according to the cultural contamination that I have or um, conditioning that I have. As it's a sense my new, gratifier. Yeah, as a sense gratifier. I know how I should react to that. So, but how do you feel? So, I mean, psychology is, is, is the process of peeling away this onion and getting down and see if you can find out something about that. Not your feelings, but the feeler. Mm. You see, getting, getting in touch with yourself. You see, Krishna's trying so hard to help us. Did you think... Um, after this conversation with Krishna, do you think Arjuna went back to Godhead? <laughs> no doubt. Huh? What do you think? Yeah, really. <laughs> That's a trick question. I think he never left. Yeah. That is his Godhead. Eternally, hmm. Arjuna and Krishna are having this conversation. That is. Arjuna, can you imagine if you were Arjuna and you got to have that conversation looking in Krishna's eyes? That's his eternal pastime? That's forever. And it's happening right now and it's happening in multiple places in the, in the material world at the same time. This is Arjuna's ecstasy. This story of, of Arjuna and Krishna is eternal. That's his Godhead. He's got Krishna. What do you want other than Krishna when you get to Goloka? Some really good mangoes? <laughs> is, it, is it like, it's just like, okay, Krishna, take three years. Is it like how, it, like, I guess this is kind of a silly question, but like, if this, if this eternal pastime is playing over and over again, is there a time where they say, cut and go get a drink of water or something? <laughs> Well, they're going through, they're having like, prasadam. They're having yeah. almost like, this is a whole Leela. It's not just it's a constant, it's a, and, it's, whole, and it's complete Leela. And it goes all the way through the whole Mahabharata? life. Oh, they're the whole Arjun's thing. life again and again. It's wow. happening always. Oh, okay. That makes sense. See, this is a, <laughs> this is why, this, this is why we need this crowd to discuss this kind of thing, because this isn't Krishna cold stuff, but what is liberation? So you got to graduate to the point to where the place Goloka Vrindavan may not have any importance to you whatsoever. It's that person that you want, that Krishna. You have him, you have everything. You may not have the Kalpavriksha trees. Hmm. What if your eternal ras with Krishna doesn't include uh, ahimsa milk? Oh, it's all good. I'm vegan. I'm vegan. <laughs> <laughs> but no, ahimsa milk. <laughs> no, that's great. We have Krishna. Of course, wherever Krishna is, there's going to be milk sweets. Yeah, ahimsa yeah. milk sweets, wherever he goes. But you see what I mean? What if you don't ever get to see 
That's the pastures of Golok Vrindavan. And that's okay then. But you have him. We have Krishna. Good, good. No matter what that eternal Ross is, you've got it all. Gurudev, don't you think this is really fascinating that everything is happening through sound? Like Krishna is singing this. It's you know, it's singing this to Arjun. He's singing it, but and through the mantra, it's like through the mantras, it's it's him. It's Krishna himself coming manifesting in the in his names in the mantra. Right. And it's like and it's like we can have in the and in these shlokas. Yeah. And even through the mantra, we can deepen our relationship with Krishna through the sound. And he's and he's saying this to Arjun. So through deepening our relationship uh, through the mantra with Krishna, we can understand Krishna, the one that is singing the Bhagavad Gita, and exactly. we can understand the song that he's singing. It's, and Does that, that make sense? And that he and that he yeah. is one and the same as that Maha mantra. One and the same, he's one and the same as these shlokas. Wow. That's why I say the Sanskrit is so pretty. You can just, when you get a chance, wade through the Sanskrit and then, you know, much chitta, always, always thinking of me. And you'll find yourself saying that to yourself every so often. Much chitta. You'll say, so, does that make any sense? Yeah. Not that you become so, um, uh, I don't say that you should become so expert that you're saying a lot of Sanskrit in your classes. I don't see that that's necessary. Mm -hmm. You see, especially preaching to beginners because they don't know what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And they may be impressed that, wow, you know a whole other language. But I think you also know that I don't know that language and I don't really understand why you say so much of it while you're mm. talking to me. They might if, they, if they're if they egotistical and most people that come to us are. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, in the beginners, in Bhagavatam class, if you want to use some Sanskrit to back up where you're, that's fine. But when you're preaching on the street or preaching to newcomers, kind of hold back on it a little bit, mm. you know? Yeah. I was kind of just remembering how Prabhupada would, he would always be very personal with whoever he was talking to. Yeah. Sometimes he'd see someone on the street say hello instead of Hare Krishna just to, or good morning. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes, like, when he got more into like a preaching setting, he would, like, if I would talk about some using more Sanskrit, but then if he was in a more introductory preaching, um, I, I think he would say, if I remember correctly, he would say some Sanskrit. It seems like it kind of like um, gave credence to like the audience because he would say some, some certain word or something and mm -hmm. it was like what yoga and yeah. samadhi means or something like that because I've also found that in my own interactions with people that sometimes if I bring out a word just and also because yoga is so popular the people yeah. take it as being like oh this is bona fide like yeah yoga itself defining yoga oh mm -hmm. uh, uh, nirvana Define that to people. I don't know what it, they think it means. Heaven. They use it like that. No, it doesn't. Mean. So it's it's now you're being a, a teacher. You're saying, you know, by the way, let me let me show you some of the things that that this science will, will teach you. 
legs are going to sleep for some reason, so I have to shuffle around. But yeah, in other words, keep always keep in sight. <clears throat> Your goal is to get that person to become Krishna conscious. If you need more Sanskrit to do that, fine. If you need less, fine. Don't. Mm -hmm. If if you if you lose sight of the target. Your chances of hitting it are very slim. You see, you've got to aim at you. No, it's like they say in business: start with the with the end in mind. Know what it is that you want to do. I want to make you Krishna conscious. I want you to become a guru. They just walked in the door. What do you want? I want you to become a guru. I want you to save the world. So to do that, I want to have to get you to have some faith. I'm going to have to get you to start chanting Hare Krishna, taking some prasadam. But I know where I'm going with this. So there's only the only thing separating us from that moment of you taking disciples is first I've got to get you to read a little bit and hear a little bit and associate, take prasadam. Mm -hmm. But my goal is not just to get you to eat. My goal is not just to get you to chant. I'm going to give you the whole thing. So we got we, we, the, the preacher thinks like that. We know. We know where we're going. So, I mean, that we know what our goal is. And who wants to do 10? Are we going? How are we doing? We got to go. We got ten minutes. Time goes fast, doesn't it? I ran into this same verse in the Shaitana recently. They were referring to this verse. Okay. Tesham satata yukatanam bajatam priti. Urubakam, Dadami, Buriogam, Tam, Yenamam, Yupianti, Te. Pretty good. To those who are constantly devoted to serving me with love, I give the understanding by which they can come to me. That is a beautiful verse. What is he trying to do here? You know, I know you don't understand this. I know you've forgotten me. I know you're struggling with this. But if, if you're constantly devoted to serving me with love, I'll give you the understanding. And I'll, it's in you. I'll turn, on, I'll turn it on. I'll give you a download. Well, I'll, I'll give it. He doesn't say, if you go out and study all the Vedic literatures. He doesn't say that. If you are constantly uh, devoted to serving me with love. And therefore, we get people to chant Hare Krishna. We also want to give them what brings, what the Maha Mantra should bring. Devotional service. We want to get them engaged. How do we want to get them engaged? Whatever their propensity is. Get them engaged. That means now they've come full cycle. They're back to, to, to doing uh, the activities 
of the soul. You've, you've, all through your journey through this material world, you haven't been doing the activities of the soul. You've been malfunctioning, and it's caused you all kinds of distress, all kinds of suffering, you know. So we want you to chant Hare Krishna, and we want to engage you in some loving devotional service. That'll start revving things up much, much, much more than if you just go um, and not do some service. No, you should be. Then you become a part of this big machine of Krishna's, you see. You become part of this association of devotees, you know? So, really important verse, super important. Um, <clears throat> Number 11, I'll just read. Uh, to show special mercy, I, dwelling in their hearts, destroy with the shining lamp of knowledge the darkness born of ignorance. Mm -hmm. I'll help you. Mm -hmm. Do some service. I'll, dis I'll destroy your doubts. I'll give you the knowledge. Well, I don't know, Krishna. What else you got? What else will you do? <laughs> what would Krishna say if you said that to him? Well, I don't know. What else will you do? What do I have to do? Hmm. Name it. <laughs> do you want me to show me show you my universal form? <laughs> no, 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 you just keep that. Okay, then. <laughs> what do you want from me? What do you want me to do? I'm here. I'm ready to go. So, you know, it's as they say, the ball is in your court. I'll help you swing at it. <laughs> I'll help you with all of it. Um, then we go on and uh, because we're running short of time we can't go through all of but Krishna starts to tell Arjuna his uh, glories you know I am and I am he wants to share that now why it's let, let's get to know I want you to know more about me mm -hmm. you see it's kind of like, what's your sign? <laughs> what's your favorite color? You know, there's certain things that in a relationship that people start to exchange. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? You know, mm -hmm. so Krishna's saying, let me tell you about me. Mm. You know, and, and he's doing it in terms that are not over our heads. He could, he could give you things that you just would, would make your mind explode. But he's telling you, uh, so I will tell you my, my splendorous manifestations. Says, I am the super soul Lord, O Arjuna, seated, seated in the hearts of all living entities. I am the beginning, the middle, and the end of all beings. Yeah. Of all beings. Of priests, O Arjuna, know me to be the chief Brihaspati. Of generals, I am Kartikeya, and of bodies of water, I am the ocean. Hmm. I'm, I'm giving you 
things that you can relate to. You see, he even says as he goes on, of warriors, I am Arjuna. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of, what does this tell you about this guy? (laughs) Sweet. Not only that, but he's flattering. Mm -hmm. See his nature? Mm-hmm. He recognizes the greatness of his devotee. It's not that, well, look, I'm God and you're not, so stay in your place, buddy. <laughs> no. A as I am Arjuna. Well, what a thing to say, huh? Of, uh, of harmonium players, I am Chaitanya Leela. <laughs> Can you imagine Krishna saying that to you? <laughs> I like how he's also like even even flattering the elements too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he talks about so, the wind. Yeah. Of purifiers. I am the, the wind. wind. Yeah. You see? Lighthearted. Yeah. You know, this isn't the picture of God that we were that we grew up with. It's lighthearted, flattering, approachable, lovable. Um, he's wanting to get close, but he's not blowing you away. I mean, he could say, I mean, look what Krishna is, look what God is. He could say things that would just fry your head, but he's He's taking it slowly, and I'll let, let you equate with it. He's setting a trap. That's what he's doing. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get you to the point. You're going to hear enough of this about me to where you're not. You're going to be much chitta. You're going to be always thinking of me. Mm-hmm. That's what I want, and I know I can get there. I just have to give enough of me to you. And I have devotees that will do that. Well, that's that's what. I'll, he started out this chapter saying, that's what they like to do. They like to talk about me amongst themselves. Therefore, devotee association is so important. You get around Krishna's devotees and you'll get more and more of this Krishna. This Krishna Kata gives you Krishna. Krishna Jnana, Krishna, knowledge of Krishna. You see, and that will entrap you. Hmm. You'll you'll get to the point where he's, you're caught. You're caught up in this love of Krishna. You see, so really sweet chapter. Mm-hmm. Any uh, questions? We've got two minutes. Uh, one minute and actually forty-five seconds. Uh, Forty-four, forty-three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I was just thinking about Krishna. What Krishna says also, towards the end of that chapter, he says, all these are just a mere indication. Of yeah. Of <laughs> and all of this is just a spark of my splinter. Spark of my splinter. We can't even wrap our heads around You, you could say, you know, yeah. Krishna, you're really, you've really got a lot of self-confidence, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, Krishna, you're really impressed with yourself, aren't you? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so.
It's like we were talking about the deity of uh, Krishna at the Krishna, Krishna Balaram temple in Vrindavan. Have you seen? You've been? Oh. <laughs> he's, just, he's just got this look. This naughty little cocky boy. <laughs> I'm Krishna. You have it in your phone still? Maybe. It's as easy to get access. <laughs> I had it on there, but it was I was thinking of how, um, um, like for Krishna saying that of the greatest warriors, and I was thinking what what makes him, the, what makes Arjun the greatest, what makes him so great out of all the, what differentiates him from all the other warriors is that he's like, he's um, like a very intimately uh, close associate of Krishna. Yeah. Like he's his friend and he's, um, he's just like hearing from, from Krishna and, and, you know, Krishna's uh, telling it, you know, like, you know, telling him to go against, you know, like he's listening, he's hearing Krishna, and you know he's taking it to everything that he's saying to heart, and um, and he's he's going, and he's and, performing his, and he's his, empowered. Yeah, he's empowered. Yeah, so that makes him the greatest. Yeah, it's like uh, you take the iron rod and you put it yeah. in the fire, and then it becomes empowered by the fire. Yeah. You take it out, and it's the, it's it has all the qualities of the fire. You can touch it to someone else and it starts a fire. You know, it's so. And this is, uh, this this uh, doesn't just belong to Arjun. We're that way too if we're associating with Krishna mm -hmm. in holy name, kata, service. You become uh, empowered. You know, and so and you can give that empowerment to others. <clears throat> okay. Bhagavad Gita ki jai. Yeah, this is uh, this Bhagavad Gita class is incredible. And drill down there. Don't just kind of go through the shlokas. I know you're not, but always drill down as much as you can.